to Inspirational Journeys, a faith-based podcast where your story matters. Come on over, grab a seat on the front porch, and let's talk about the writing life. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and today I have a special guest to talk about his new book that by the time you're hearing this should be out. Um, he is in the process of working on getting it released. Welcome to the show, Rio Timberlane. Hi, Ann. <laughs> I, when, when you mentioned that, I was just thinking about how valuable it might be to some of your listeners to understand the challenge I've had with typesetting. Right. Um, I mean, I've not done, I've done um, Amazon and I've heard of Ingram Spark, but I'm not sure how to work with typesetters and all that. But before we get started, ta- uh, talking about your story, the the writing process and, and what your book contains, why don't we start and I'll open us up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk to Rio. Lord, may our words bless the viewers and listeners today and may you open their eyes and ears and hearts so that they can understand what the subject matter is about and 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 apply these concepts to their own lives in jesus precious name i pray give us the words and the wisdom so that we may speak wisdom into the listeners in jesus name i pray amen so rio why don't you start by introducing yourself uh, well, you've got my name down pretty well, Rio Timberlane. <laughs> um, I'm a relationship scientist. I've spent about 20 years uh, creating a um, framework of axioms um, for about the way humans relate to everything. And um, I haven't published anything, haven't done any any kind of expose of the work, the research, um, until this book called The Joy of Lucid Love. And the I, I had to set the bar really high for it to be able to answer every question that anybody might have anywhere in the world about their personal family relations and to be able to answer what is healthy in any of that context of family or personal relations. So that's a pretty high bar for a book. And um, the the process that I've gone through over the last 20 years of uh, discovery of how humans relate, um, putting it into a single volume was surprisingly easy for me after that 20-year period. So the question here is, what inspired you to write this book? What inspired you well, to do this research? My, you know, it's everybody has tragedy in their life. And and um, right. my, my story is not so uncommon. Uh, my f- familial relationship, my spousal relationship, my marriage, um, fell apart, and I was determined to understand what to you know what was in, what was healthy, what caused that to happen, and what was healthy that I wasn't doing or the way I wasn't operating that would be um, where I wanted to be if I ever got married again, if I ever um, went down that road again, and 
uh, that quest to understand the line between healthy and unhealthy led me to an enormous uh, body of truth about how humans relate. And it's really very simple. The, 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 the truth of it is, in most cases, almost all of the complication is our imagination instead of what's actually going on in the in the relationship we imagine that somebody's upset with us or we imagine that um we have to do something in order to fix their problem and that makes it complicated right so let's talk about the process of writing the book did you outline it before you put it together mm-hmm. or you know, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> and, and it may be hard for you to believe this, but I wrote it. It's just under 100,000 words. I wrote it in six months, in two-hour blocks, two to three-hour blocks every morning. And I used no outline, and I have not edited any of it except for uh grammatical things to uh, spelling and and a few grammatical things because I like the hanging participles. I don't know why I've had to, (laughs) my my editor says, well, let's rearrange the sentence. (laughs) But uh, no, no, it's been a, an incredible experience of flow that I would get up and I had the, the feeling now I've spent 20 years of studying this, um, this human mechanism of relations between people. And so it's very familiar to me on a, like a, a, an internal, at an internal level. And that's both subconsciously and what we refer to in the science as anima are, are, we don't use the term spirit or spiritual because, uh, or soul, because people tend to have a lot of beliefs that are religious and philosophical and, and can be confusing to them. So when we say anima, we're talking about that energy that leaves our body when we die. And what it was before we were born or what happens after, the science isn't concerned with. But while we're alive, that energy there's an intelligence in it and that intelligence in me seemed to flow through onto the page and you had a thought i saw i saw that um i was just thinking um hmm. uh as writers in in the national novel writing circles we would call that a pantser you sound like a a pantser you write by the seat of your pants (laughs) (laughs) told you we're gonna have some fun today (laughs) okay well you painted a picture with the pantser thing (laughs) there and and you know it's amazing how a single word can fill your mind with images and, Uh and perspectives so yeah it was very much like that and and um i remember when i got to the chapter titled becoming familial i knew and and this just the feeling i didn't actually build like a like an outline or anything but i knew that i would have to address the subject matter of family 
very specifically. So there had to be a chapter on family. And it was um, actually the last chapter that I wrote. Um, it's second to the last in the book. But um, when I got to that chapter, it was a blank page. I remember <laughs> sitting there and thinking, I have no idea where to start with this. And I quieted myself, you know, because there's that moment of fear, anxiety, or worry, mm -hmm. or, you know, all of that, that uh, resistance. And um, I had to quiet myself. And suddenly I had this, this thought about uh, the word blood bond. And I started writing about the blood bond. And the chapter ends up being an expose in how this, this bond between people, whether we're actually blood relations or not, but even like in a, uh, like a club or a uh, fraternity or a, a sorority, there can be that element of a blood bond that uh, um, is, is our loyalty willing to suffer for the sake of our community, whatever it is, our brotherhood or sisterhood. And that's something that is actually, we can actually create intentionally in a community or in a family. And the world that we live in today, broken families, and you know, we're trying to, to blend a lot of uh, families together, knowing how to create that blood bond is very important. And so when I sat down and the page was blank and I just had no idea where to start, but I quieted myself and then that thought came and I started writing. And when I was finished with, I think I wrote about two thirds of the chapter that morning. And when I was finished with it, I read over it and I thought, wow, where did all this come from? Because it it just fits together so cleanly and and clearly and it's such a, a powerful message and huge subject matter wow um and i was just thinking the writing groups that i'm in we're like family um yeah but i would call that a god thing um for me the holy spirit gives me words like that but some people would also call that stream of consciousness well, that's that's where I take the road of the scientist. Like I said, the the anima, that energy, that uh, anima comes from Latin, meaning the life force. Um, because of my my place as a relationship scientist, I have to be careful not to tread on anybody's religion. So I'm very careful not to use religious terms. In a personal sense, I come from a Christian background, and I I um, have the perspective that there is some some kind of family beyond this life, mm -hmm. and what that is, how it works, why, how, what kind of interaction we can have during this life, during mortality, with that family. I have no way to measure that, and so I don't speak to it. But um, yeah, years before, I would have said that, that I, I felt very inspired by God. And um, 
my own experience, like when I finish a page, and this happened a lot through the joy of lucid love, that I would finish some page and go back and read it. And I was just amazed at the the strength and the power of it because it wasn't, I didn't have to struggle with it. It would just fell onto the page. And um, then there's other writing that I've done where I spend a day just trying to, a whole day just trying to write one page of a letter because I'm full of all kinds of uh, like uh, conflict about, you know, how is it going to, if I phrase it this way, is it going to be just what somebody wants to hear? Or is it going to offend? Or is it going to be clear enough for them? Maybe I should rewrite this and use simpler language or all of those, those things. And um, so from a writer standpoint, um, I think that the place where I enjoy the most as a writer is having a blank page and writing from my heart like that. Mm -hmm. I love that too. Cause you think you're done and you find out you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yep. and then, you know, you become like the, the one who's observing the, the story going on the page and um, rather than having already conjured it all up and then putting it on the page. Um, I write fiction, so my characters start talking to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and when you get into that, uh, um, whether it's fiction or fact or or whatever, uh, yeah, when when you're in that moment of flow, it it, it you feel alive. You're mm -hmm. I, you you know you're in that point of creation. One of I because I listened to a couple of your podcasts to kind of get a mm -hmm. feel for um, who I would be speaking with in the audience, and one of the things, one of them that I I listened to, you were talking about the uh, what do you call it a pattern because you yeah, like the book to, pattern yeah yeah you like to crochet or yes uh, I do yes I do <laughs> and um as you were talking about that I. I have to tell you this little story of when I, uh, my two oldest, when they got to be early in school and they learned about nouns and, you know, parts of speech and verbs and adjectives and all that. Um, they, you know, they wanted bedtime stories and I got tired of reading like the same old story again and again and, and somebody else's story. And so one night I challenged them each to give me um, a noun and a verb and um, adjectives that they wanted in a story. And impromptu, I, I had to tell a story and use every one of their words, the specific words that they gave me. And it was incredibly fun because I was free, like in fiction, to make up a world. And my son, he would always try to stump me and give me some really, <laughs> really strange noun and a verb that could not, in his mind, work with that noun at all. And um, like dragons and um, uh, like uh, driving a go-kart or something, I don't know, <laughs> roller skating, something like that. And... Um, my daughter, she was sweeter and 
you know, uh, not not so challenging trying to stump me, but most of her things were about like princess and prince stories of some kind, you know, the romance things. And mm -hmm. so um, that exercise prepared me as a writer. I, I remember growing a great deal in the process of um, the freedom to not worry because they're they're children they're not going to judge me they're not going to criticize and and i i was free to put whatever i wanted into this story and um even if it seemed completely impractical or impossible or ridiculous that was fun and the more so maybe even Right. So anything that would seem an error in a printed book or, you know, something that somebody's going to read that you're writing for them, um, it, it, that error would seem like the, the best thing I could put into this space with them. And so it, it gave me permission to make all the errors and to do the foolish things. And I became com comfortable with that. So now when I write, I can get into that space of freedom to just let it flow. Does that to make sense? Yeah, to play. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about one of a poetry event that my friend and author coach, we did um, with some other author friends of, <clears throat> of ours, and she did it on her YouTube channel. And it was poetry prompts. And her teenage son came up with these words like bum fuzzle. I don't remember what the other ones are. I'd have to go look them up. But and yeah. we came up with some of the funniest poetry. It, it, and when you can play like that, that's when that's when writing gets fun. And why? Yeah. Why not make it fun? Exactly. I mean, what's the, like, um, this lady I, I listened to, her name is Shay Bynes, and she has the kingdom-driven entrepreneur movement, and she says, grace over grind. So when you're building That's your what? business. Grace, grace, grace over, over grind. grind. Yeah. Oh, cool. I like you, the name. Yeah. And when you, and she has a book that's a book and a U version bible plan and all that but anyway the thing of it is it's 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 if when you when you do something you love it you don't consider it work absolutely absolutely the work is and the administrative stuff you have to do <laughs> one other thing, and one other thing that i was prompted to when i was listening to you earlier on your your pattern mm -hmm. um I really, really, actually, really like for especially for a fiction book, the way you were just uh, like outlining, mm -hmm. like or profiling the various characters, and so that you can give life to them in your expression, like the, you know, the the um, where they're from culturally in, influenced or motives and objectives and fears things like that that when you're clear as the writer about this character you know the the framework of thinking within that character then as you're writing you've got that as a a reference point and you can picture them more uh, animated in mm -hmm. the process of the dialogue or the activity and so then you don't have to stop and and mechanically think okay what would somebody do in this situation it becomes more natural because you have that character kind of outlined or profiled does that make sense yeah but some but sometimes i i'm one of these people who 
I'm a what they call a planster or a planter. I plan I pants a little, plot a little. So I will go through and <laughs> pants it first, and then I'll go back and look at the chapter I just wrote, and then write out the pattern for it, and then that way it helps me fill in gaps or see what works or what doesn't work. Yeah. A lot of times I see the whole thing playing out like a movie in my head. And and when that's when that happens, you're seeing it that clearly, then it's just a matter of you finding the right words to describe the visuals that you have in your head. Right. Um, one of the things when it comes to especially to fiction, I don't do a lot of novel kind of things. Um uh, and this is actually the first book that I've I've published. Uh, but I wrote a screenplay once and um, it was rejected by, I think, 150 different agents. So, you know, I I have that experience of, of putting my writing product out there and being completely rejected by everybody. And um, I got one response that was constructive, and that was that my characters were not developed well enough. So I learned I learned from that. Um, but I was thinking about how um, the audience reading or watching a movie or whatever the the as the story unfolds, the more you know about the characters and they're like a their backstory that prepared them for this moment that they're experiencing in the, in the story you're telling, mm -hmm. then um, you can weave like subplots and, and sub stories into your over, you know, your large arc story arc. And that is where the depth comes from. Mm -hmm. that, you know, the, that this character might not be having, might not be in the main struggle of the the like the main arc of the storyline for the book but they have their own story arc going on where they might be struggling or they might have just um resolved it and then they come in to the story arc at an inappropriate time with this energy of exuberance and they they're actually um because of that exuberance they um, emphasize, they give contrast to the tragedy that's going on in your main arc. Does that make right. sense? Yeah, it does. It really does. And I'm, I'm, you know, and it's interesting that you you point that out. And I was going to say, um, since your screenplay was rejected, why not try turning it into a novel? That gives you more room for the character development. Oh, absolutely. And um, the answer to that question is that I wrote the screenplay as a means of catharsis because of a uh, painful thing in my life that mm -hmm. I needed to um, process those emotions and yeah. clean that up. And so just writing that screenplay, um, it, I, it was my motive was to release that, that pain and, and suffering that was internal. And it, my my end product was something that wasn't i didn't anticipate it being really worthy of of produced as a movie but i thought well maybe somebody would pick it up and you know like embellish it and whatever go from there with the storyline um and so it was never a, an ambition but kind of like um a, an accidental 
product that since I had it finished to the point where it was a complete story, I thought, well, why not put it out there and see what happens? And um, so that's why part probably why the rejection didn't hurt so much. Ah, okay. You were just playing, you're just kind of uh, testing the water, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, To since I had it, you know, I, I had healed emotionally, and that's my motive for writing in the first place. Writing is a really good way to process emotions. Yes, I, do, I journal all the time. Yeah, and uh, so that was my motive. And, but then when I was finished, I had this complete story in the form of uh, a screenplay. And so why not just see what'll happen with it, you know, and, and it, it didn't go very far, but it was a really interesting experience to have put it out there and, and got rejected and get this one out of a hundred, I think it was like, a, it was over a hundred, somewhere between 150 different agents that I sent it to. And that's actually pretty expensive, uh, you know, mail and everything. This was years ago when, like now you can send email and all that. Mm -hmm. It's free, right? But yep. you used, used to have to put actual stamps on things, yeah. actual print, printed pages. And, mm -hmm. um, so, but get back some some constructive feedback that was really meaningful to me uh you know less than one percent uh, uh of the agents actually gave me that and so um i think one of the things that's really valuable from our you know like the community of writers mm -hmm. is is to have those discussions with each other about our experience of rejection or acceptance and why it's important to us that somebody else approves because if what we write if it is approved by us if it is a um how would you say it a valid manifestation of what's in us mm -hmm. to us uh, why calling. does it matter if somebody else doesn't like it Right, because there's because, and I, I'm, I'm a Christian myself, and that's why I say this is, you know, and I don't, you know, I, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay it, like what's on my heart. This gives you not not only if the, if you're called to write, if that's your purpose, then there's an audience out there for you. I agree. I agree, and. The finding that audience can't happen unless you put out the truth, unless you right. put out quality of what you are. It, mm -hmm. and, you know, nobody can love the person that's hidden behind a, a, sh, a, a charade of pretense. Right. So do you have any tips or takeaways that you would like to leave the audience with? Well, I could answer that question in a, probably a thousand different ways. Yeah, yeah. Lots, lots of things that, because this is what I, uh, you know, my, my whole, uh, everything that I do is about helping people be true within themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that the, the first thing that we have to learn as a writer is that we can't write about something we don't know about. We, we 
have to to know it inside. We have to be true to what it is. And um, sometimes this is part of my experience. I, with the joy of lucid love, the subject matter. I uh, the, this was the seventh attempt to write about it because I hadn't grown into the subject matter well enough to be prepared to write about it. But when I had grown into it, then I put I put it on paper in six months without any struggle. It was it was something that just flowed easily. It wasn't work, it was pleasure. It was exciting every day to discover how it would end up being on the page. And um, I hear about writers that struggle for decades to put a book together and version after version of it. And that isn't that to me, that isn't writing, that's struggling. And um, so growing into the subject matter so that you are prepared to write it, I think is really good. One thing that I would like to share with you is a movie called um, Forrester with um, Sean Connery. And he is a, in the, in the movie, he's a, an, a very accomplished writer, well-recognized writer who only published one book but it and it was very small but it was powerful and made a name for himself and then he became a recluse and a young boy happens to cross his path and he mentors this young boy because the the boy is interested in writing and fascinated with this this old guy that is kind of like a hermit and his house is filled with filing cabinets of things that he's written and and there's this point where he's coaching and mentoring this young boy and he tells him to get into the habit of just putting a paper in the typewriter every day and writing it doesn't matter what it's about doesn't matter where it's going just put the words on the page without any judgment any you know any expectation of what they're supposed to be and I think that that is finding our voice of yeah. know, who, who we actually truly are when we take all of the constraints off and begin to express the truth that's in us. Right. And um, sometimes you have to have, sometimes you have to experience the things that you're writing about in order to write about them. Absolutely. And, and um so drawing from your own experience and you can you can put it in a little bit different context and and you know like if you're a science fiction writer it's you know it's a context of science fiction we've never actually experienced but we can take because we're human we can take the something that happened to us as a child and put it into this completely different context and it and it still be true Mm-hmm. That is true. So are you working on anything at the moment aside from releasing the book? Well, I mean, if I far- tell you, if I tell you that you're going to want to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the this book is the joy of lucid love like i said is mm -hmm. is intended to answer any question about personal family relations so that's a pretty big thing and um one of the the next things that i need to write is about the what's referred to in the joy of lucid love as the awakened masculine and the awakened feminine and how they work together when they're they're healthy when we're really awake about what femininity is or about what masculinity is and that means when we've stripped away all of the cultural things that say we're supposed a woman is supposed to be this and a man is supposed to be that when we're when we're awake and aware of the masculinity or the femininity that is actually in us and we can manifest that then we can have power without force ah okay yeah there's my hook power without force mm mhm mm i like that so if anybody wanted to connect with you, where could they find you online? Riaworks.org. And um, I'll spell it out for you if that helps. R-I-O-W-O-R-K-S dot O-R-G. Okay. Um, do you have a social media presence? Yeah, not yet. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have a website and that's your hub and you have an email list. Um, people can subscribe to on that site too, right? Sure. If, uh, if somebody downloads anything from like the excerpts for the book or anything like that, they, uh, it automatically puts them in the queue to be notified of anything that we publish or do. And uh, right now the book isn't, as you mentioned, isn't yet available because it's been a big struggle to get the typesetting correct so that it would be easy to read because it's a, it's very, it's not a, like a novel where you sit down and you get in consumed into the story. Mm -hmm. It's information that will help like a reference. If you have a pain struggling with something in your relationship, you can look for the chapter and the section that speaks to that yeah. and read that portion. Right. So um, it needs to be well uh, um, referenced so you can cite it. So all of the paragraphs have to be numbered. Finding a typesetter that could number the paragraphs like a Bible reference was really challenging oh me. i bet <laughs> but by the but, time by the time this airs the book will probably be out i certainly hope so yeah but if not sign up for his for rio's list and you will get notified when the book does come out have you thought about putting it up for pre-order oh well yeah um basically just download the the excerpts and um i i don't know what what the difference would be pre-order like somebody buys you could it put it like for no, well we put it up on amazon and somebody pre-orders mm. it and then yeah. once you get the the final product and this is just an example amazon uh ingram spark wherever you're putting it and then once you get the final product done then 
it dry you set it you set a specific date by when you want the product to be done like say three months you want to do pre-order three months in advance for example you uh -huh. set that particular date and the book is done you put it up there by that before that date then when it drops into their kindle or the mail of uh, the shipment goes out then they get charged for it i see so the system queues it all up so it's yeah. automatic and i don't have to do anything Right. Once you get the once you get ah. the files uploaded to be to print it and get the prints the print proofed and everything, then you can do pre orders and then people can um can order it, can purchase well, pre order it and then once it like the, the ebook, once it drops into their into their Kindle library, for example, or on their Apple books or wherever they get it, wherever you have it published, once it drops, that's when they get charged for it. So where were you three months ago when I needed to know that? <laughs> I'm learning about this process myself. <laughs> yeah. So, so we learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Anne. I appreciate that. You are so welcome. So is there a challenge or a, a call to action you'd like to leave us with today? Yes. Be true to yourself. Trust in yourself. Be true to yourself. Let everybody know who you truly are. Stop hiding. Get out from behind all of the masks we wear and, and you know, attempt to do that. And then you'll find out that there are people who really love that person that you've been hiding away. Well, Thank you so much. Again, I want to thank you for being on my show. So I'm going to leave everybody with a challenge in closing. We challenge you to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and sh share your creation with the world. But when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. Thanks for joining us on Inspirational Journeys. And remember, your story matters. Have a blessed day, everybody. Would you like to receive behind-the-scenes news and updates in your inbox every month along with book recommendations links to featured podcast episodes and youtube videos and so much more visit my website at andwritesinspiration.com and fill out the form at the top of the page to subscribe to my newsletter once you filled out that form and i receive your email address i will send you a personalized welcome message with links to my free downloads page don't forget, visit ANNWritesInspiration.com to sign up for my newsletter to get news and updates along with other special goodies in your inbox each month. Thanks for being a part of my reader community. Are you looking for a professional, knowledgeable, friendly, and detailed-oriented editor who provides high-quality editing services at reasonable prices? Why not give Plot Stitch Editorial Services a try? As your friendly Plot Stitch editor, I will help you turn your messy manuscript into a story that engages readers from start to finish. Services include refining story structure, character development, filling in plot holes, show versus tell, passive versus active voice, dialogue enhancements, 
copy editing, and proofreading. Send queries to theplotstitch at gmail.com. That's theplotstitch at gmail.com. Plotstitch Editorial Services, bringing stories that matter to life. Hey guys, this is Anne from the Inspirational Journeys podcast, and my special guest, Joe Templin, has an offer for for my listeners and viewers. Take it away, Joe. Anne, thank you. And again, thank you for bringing me on. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm glad that I could reach out and help your people grow. And to continue to help them to grow, we have an offer. If they go to the website, everyday-excellence.com, and use the code inspirational journeys at checkout from the shop, they can get a 10% discount on anything there to be able to help them with their personal journey to grow and inspire others. You heard it here, folks. You get a 10% discount on everything in the store at everyday-excellence.com using promo code inspirational journeys. Happy rating, writing, and celebrate the day. everybody this is Anne from the inspirational journeys podcast and I'm here today with Teresa from struggling blessed but not alone podcast how are you today Anne I'm doing good how about you Teresa I'm good so what's up I've got some news for you really what's that did you know that our listeners can support our podcasts no can you please share more about that Okay, so while you're listening to our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform, hit the support this podcast button. With your contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 a month, you're helping us achieve our goals. Wait a minute, Anne. Are you telling me all that our listeners have to do is hit that support button and they could give a donation? That's right. Wow. Hey guys, thanks for wanting to do that for us. Have a blessed day. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched thousands. You've been listening to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter with your host, Anne Harrison. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. Visit my website at AnneWritesInspiration.com, subscribe to my YouTube channel, and follow me on Facebook and Pinterest at AnneWritesInspiration and on Twitter at AnneWrites75 for more inspirational content. Thanks for listening, and remember, your story matters. <laughs>